Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. If you are in the room right now, uh, we will be taking communion a little bit later during ministry time, so go ahead and uh, just have that prepared. But uh, just a little bit about me, I just want to say, first off, good morning. morning. It's good to see you guys. Isn't it good to just wake up and hear somebody say good morning to you? It's good. I hope you guys had a great and safe Christmas with family, friends, maybe even some furry family members. I actually have a few pictures of my Christmas, if we can uh, show them. So this is, oh, that's, okay, we've, we've skipped to the end. So this is my dog. Um, her name is Chloe, and she wanted to meet baby Jesus in the manger. So that's uh, it's a fantastic thing. And then, yeah, that's me, me and her, uh, with some lights and stuff. But show, like, the most important person in my life other than Jesus. There you go. This is my beautiful, beautiful wife. Oh my gosh, Lauren, I love you so much. And I just want to applaud you for your faithfulness and commitment in this season of humble preparation for what God has in store for us. I'm so proud of you and you are my best friend. And I know you don't like me talking about this right now in front of everybody, but that's okay. It's really good. It's fine. Anyway, uh, if you don't know me by now, my name is Isaiah Kennard and I'm the youth intern here uh, at Antioch Fort Worth. Yes. And I'm normally in this room, so it's normally kind of, it's kind of weird that it's a little bit different, but that's okay. We got a few youth in the back. Give it up for the youth. Oh, yeah. I love it. And I love being a part of the leadership team here. And, you know, I don't know how many people get to prepare for ministry during a pandemic, but I'm happy I get to do it with Antioch Fort Worth and the men and women here. So I love you guys so much. Uh, well, church, we made it. Last Sunday of 2020. Everybody give it up. Everybody's so happy. Man, happy to be in church. We made it. In a year full of just mass unemployment, sickness, political division, racial turmoil, cultural fighting, social media rage, and unrelenting stress. (laughs) Did I miss anything? This year has been a hard year. We've experienced a lot of shaking this year, but can I offer a little bit of encouragement? In John 15, Jesus talks about the pruning of the believer, and I think that we have been in a pruning year for the church. I don't think I have to be a prophet or some of the prophet to, uh, to discern that, but um, guess what? Pruning happens so that we can bear more fruit. So I just, I just want to say, as you reflect on this year, don't look at everything that happened as a curse or a bad thing. But think about it as pruning, that fruitfulness will come in the next year and the years to come. Amen? Amen. Amen. So last week we heard from our amazing lead pastor, Jamie Miller. Man, I I love this guy so much. I got to go get prayed over before we speak, and I know people talk about it all the time from this spot, but listen, it is a very holy moment when you go in there. And I was not anticipating my pastor to be in there praying for me all morning. So I just, I love this guy and I just want to honor you. So, um, but we heard from him how much we are a people of story. And there's another guy, 
Dr. Stanley Harawas, a very famous theologian out of Yale, smart guy, doesn't have any hair. If you look up a picture of him, he's kind of bald, but that's okay. Um, But he believes that the biggest threat to Christianity, listen to this, the biggest threat to Christianity is when Christians believe that the story that they are a part of is the story that they have created themselves. Let me say that again. He believes the biggest threat to Christianity is when Christians believe that the story that they're a part of is a story that they've already created. Because we, as Christians, are a part of a story that goes way outside of us. And it is found in the foundation of Jesus Christ. And it is so much better to be a part of that story than the story of 2020. Can I get an amen? I, I am so happy that I don't have to be a part of the story of 2020 because 2020 is not a good story. It's just, it's just not a good story. Um, and as we just continue to recognize today that we are part of a larger story at place, and I love the way that Jamie sums it up, that we are not in this American dream story with a little bit of Jesus sprinkled on top. Um, we are a part of a greater story that Jesus is at the beginning, in the middle, and at the end. And so even in this unique year of bad news that has shaken us, we have ancestors that went through so much pain and turmoil, but still remain faithful to God. Amen. And some of those ancestors are found uh, in the church that the writer of Hebrews was encouraging in the book of Hebrews. So guess what, y'all? That's where we're going. Go ahead and uh, get out your Bibles, and we are going to start in Hebrews chapter 13, uh, but a little bit above Hebrews 13, Hebrews 12, 12, 27 through 29, it says that it's a great picture of what we should do when bad news shakes us. When bad news shakes us, we should look to the unshakable things that God has blessed us through, blessed us with as believers through Christ. The things that can be shaken are the created things. The things that can't be shaken is the kingdom of God. And as much as things have changed this year, like back in January, we didn't have to all wear masks, and now we do, and it's just like crazy. And there were people who had jobs in January that don't have jobs now. There are people who felt safe living next to their neighbor of a different color or race, but now they just don't. Those things that have been shaken but we have inherited something that is unshakable, which is the church and the kingdom of God. And so I believe that God is specifically talks about the unshakable kingdom in Hebrews 13. So while we're turning there, and I think you guys are already here, here's the main thing that we're going to talk about. We are citizens of an unshakable kingdom that is allegiant to Jesus, and we serve, endure, and are secure. Let me say that again. We are citizens of an unshakable kingdom, me and you, that is allegiant to Jesus, and we serve, endure, and are secure. So we're going to go through Hebrews 13, but before that, uh, if you don't mind, I'll pray over the word. Lord Jesus, thank you for everything, because that is what you have given us. The breath in our lungs is given by you. Our ability to speak, our ability to walk, our ability to wake up this morning was given by you. Lord, we come into this place 
We enter into your, we have entered into your kingdom with a sense of reverence and awe and of gratitude that you have called us to live in your story, in your kingdom. And you've given us the power by your Holy Spirit to invite others to do the same thing. We love you so much, Lord. And as we go into your word, um, I just pray, Father, that we just see you more clearly in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I am going to read scripture and point out useful landmarks uh, for pondering on the way, and then I will end with a bit of vision just to kind of give you a roadmap. But this is why we men have wives, because men forget things. So... Uh, Lauren, can you hand me my phone that has the Bible version that I want to read? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Appreciate it. She's the MVP, let me tell you. I was like filling around when I'm praying. I'm like, oh no, I don't have it. Anyway, okay, so Hebrews 13, let's go there. It says this, let love of the brothers and sisters continue. Do not neglect hospitality because through it some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those in prison as though you were in prison with them, and those ill-treated as though you too felt their torment. Marriage must be honored among all, and the marriage bed kept undefiled, for God will judge sexually immoral people and the adulterers. Your conduct must be free from the love of money, and you must be content with what you have. For he said, I will never leave you, and I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, and I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? So I'm going to pause there. And the writer of Hebrews, just to kind of set this up a little bit more, has set the last 12 chapters of his letter to explain who Jesus is. And like I said earlier, the unshakable kingdom is built on nothing else other than Jesus. The unshakable kingdom is built on nothing else other than Jesus. And Jesus is so great. He's our rock, our foundation of faith. He never leaves us or forsakes us. Jesus is the one that makes everything worth it. He never wakes up on the wrong side of the bed. You know? He never cuts you off in traffic. He never flakes out when you want to go hang out. Jesus is the ultimate creator, sustainer, and initiator. Jesus is Lord. He is so good. And here are some truths that Jesus has given us that the unshakable kingdom is built on. So truth number one, Jesus is our source so we can serve. He's our source. Jesus being the source of the lives of the people in the church mentioned in Hebrews is foundational to their, experience, their existence. Earlier in the letter, um, in chapter 12, you find out that the people who are worshiping in the book of Hebrews are being persecuted all the time, publicly. They have people coming into their house, confiscating their things because of their faith in Jesus. They have just them being treated like prisoners. It is a very bad time for the believers during the book of Hebrews. But the writer, for some reason, doesn't give excuses, but he gives encouragement. And sometimes we we want an excuse. I think I will be the first one to take an excuse for 2020. 
I was talking to a guy in the bathroom a couple days ago, and he said that, you know, he forgot something. Yeah, I was talking to a guy in the bathroom. I know it's, it's a funny way to start a story. But um, <laughs> he forgot something, and he was just like, man, I totally forgot X, Y, Z. And I was like, man, 2020. And he was like, you know what? Yeah, 2020. And he's just going to start using that as an excuse for everything. <laughs> and I was like, you know, maybe you shouldn't, but that's okay. Um, but I think that this year... We have been looking for an excuse to be selfish, to just follow, to think about ourselves, to do all these things. That we, and this year has given us a lot of excuses. But on the last Sunday of 2020, I want to give you some encouragement to keep going. Um, so the writer gives them an encouragement to keep pressing forward because their source is not found in being comfortable. Their source is in the risen Messiah of Jesus Christ. And with Jesus as their source, they don't have to be afraid, and they're never alone. And the same is true with us. In the same way the believers of this church feared scarcity, so do we, and especially in 2020. So this is what he tells us to do. We just read it. Let brotherly love continue. That might seem extremely easy, but in the face of persecution, that's hard. In the place of suffering, that's really hard. This year, it's been really easy to be self-centered. Amen? It's been extremely easy to be self-centered. But he says, let the love of one another continue. And listen, love isn't a feeling. Love is a verb. Shout out to DC Talk. I don't know if you know that song. But... um, Sorry, I had to throw that in there. I was writing this message, and I was like, love is in a feeling, and my mind went, love is a verb, and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> um, but listen, love is a verb. It's not just the feeling. It, it's, <laughs> can, we, can we all be okay with that? That when he says, let brotherly love continue, he starts to list things that we need to do. Because love is not just found, it, it's not just found in a feeling. It's found in a person of Jesus Christ, but he has called us to do things. And why is it very important for us as believers to show love to one another? I mean, 1 John 3.16 says that that's how people know who we are. It's through love to one another. So in the year 2020, has people been able to look at our lives and know who we are based on the love that we've shown each other? It's a rhetorical question. You don't have to answer that. It's okay. Um, But the writer of Hebrew goes on to emphasize how we should love. So the thing that we need to do, we don't need to neglect hospitality. We don't need to neglect hospitality. And it says specifically in, in the Bible, it's not just talking about hospitality to people that you like. They're talking about hospitality to people that are strangers, that don't look like you, don't act like you, don't believe like you. Th- this picture is, is an amazing picture in Hebrews because the church in Hebrews, it was like a transition point. So people would come through and stop where the church was to get fed, sleep, and do all this other stuff. And that is what the writer of Hebrews is hitting at. Don't neglect showing them hospitality. 
because it was dangerous to show some of them hospitality because there were spies coming in that were trying to find out, are these people Christians or not? And the writer of Hebrews knows that. He knows how dangerous it is to even show hospitality, but he says still do it because it's the right thing to do. Man, oh man, that is powerful. It is so powerful. Man, and we, it's such a radical thought. And I just, as an aside, because through, through it, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Um, that's an Old Testament passage where people would entertain angels because angels would come in, you know, a lot. You've heard about that guy. He entertained some angels, you know. But if you ever host me, I'm not an angel, so it's okay. If I'm a stranger to you, I'm just going to let you know this verse does not apply to me. I'm not an angel, so um, that's okay. There's another thing that we need to do. We need to remember those who are in prison and those who are ill-treated. And those people that are in prison in this day were most likely believers. There were people who were in prison for their faith. And a lot of times, it's a lot easier to forget someone when you don't see them. Because that's what a prison does. It holds you somewhere where you're separated from everybody else. So it's extremely easy to forget this person over here. Isolation. We've had that a lot in 2020. It's been very easy to just forget that people exist if you've just been in your house for four months and doing, you know, watching WWE. I don't know. I don't know what you watch. Um, But, and now you're vulnerable, but the writer of Hebrews says that you're vulnerable because you don't have that person in your life. And some people might be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Listen, if my finger got cut off right now, You might say, Isaiah, it's just the finger. But I will say, it's my finger. I don't want it to be cut off. (laughs) And so sometimes we, we we think about people, and they might think, oh, that person's just a finger, or that person's just a big toe. But don't look at people like that. That's Jesus's finger. That's Jesus's big toe. So, like, you want me to cut off your fingers and big toes to see if you care about it? You probably will. So that's the thing. We need to care about people, even if we think that they're small. We need to care about those who are easily being able to be isolated. Man, it's a good word. It's a good word. And so we're going to go to the next thing. Uh, Marriage must be honored among all. Listen, I've only been married two and a half years. And I was reading this verse, and I was like, ooh, let me just skip this, because I don't know know if I can give much, uh, you know, marital advice, you know, but that's okay. But I'm going to give it a shot, if you you guys don't mind. Um, This is not a random correction. I think this has a really, really deep meaning. Um, It's hard to be committed to others without being committed to your closest relationships. It's hard to be committed to others without being committed to your most. And you see how it connects to persecution? The writer of Hebrews says, you should be committed to your closest relationships because how are we going to know that when these strangers come in that need holding, you're going to be committed to them? Mm. That's why he put it in there. It's not, I don't think it's a, it's a random 
thing, in, in, in my opinion. But also this, in the face of persecution, it's so easy to slip into selfishness. And I think that selfishness puts all of our closest relationships in danger. Including, if you're in a marriage relationship, your husband and your wife. Man, it's so, so good. And it's all found in foundational piece of verse number five. Your conduct must be free from the love of money, and you must be content with what you have. For it says, I will never leave you or never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, and I will not be afraid. What can people do to me? This is an interpretation of Deuteronomy 31, 6 through 8. We are to be, have a heart that's free from the love of money. And again, in the context of persecution, the context of suffering, being content is really, really hard. And not longing after comfort is really, really hard. But guess what? We seek those things when Jesus is in our source. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We'll find out in the next verse. But when we start to get uncomfortable, what are we looking to to bring us comfort? That's not Jesus. In 2020, we've had a lot of things to make us feel that we've lost that have made us feel uncomfortable. You know, our rights. We have, we have, businesses are telling us to wear masks or, or not wear masks, and some people are very upset about that. You know, politics. I don't care who you voted for or who you think should have won or if that person has actually won. I mean, I don't know. But we've lost comfort in that. Culture. Culture's been going crazy. Everywhere and anywhere, people are like, I've, I've lost my equilibrium. But the people of God, the equilibrium never went anywhere. He'd been here the whole time. He, he's been here the whole time. Never left. He's never left. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And the Lord is our helper. Why do we have to be afraid? What can people do to me? And it's, it is such, um, such an amazing word, especially in the place of suffering, because we have a foundation that cannot be shaken which is found in Jesus. So then the writer now takes a turn to address some of the challengers to the unshakable kingdom. And let's keep reading uh, verse 8 through 13. So verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, Do not be carried away by all sorts of strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not ritual meals, which have never benefited those who participated in them. We have an altar that those who serve in the tabernacle have no right to eat from. For the bodies of those animals whose blood, whose blood in the high priest brings into the sanctuary as an offering of sin are burned outside the camp. Therefore, to sanctify the people by his own blood, Jesus also suffered outside the camp. We must go out to him then outside the camp bearing the abuse he experienced. So the truth number two is Jesus is our certainty so we can endure. The writer is, ha- is highlighting false teaching um, because it is doing internal damage into the kingdom. And remember, the church is going through persecution, suffering, and chaos right now. So people are looking 
for things to grasp at, to find uh, favor or control outside of God. Does that sound familiar? Going through a chaotic time and people look within themselves to bring about peace instead of the person of peace? Does that seem... Maybe not. Maybe we've all been living in a different year where everybody's been completely... Every single Christian you meet is completely, you know, fine and good and just, and, and dandy. I don't know, maybe not. We've seen so many examples of people looking to their rituals for peace instead of Jesus. You've heard this question? Hey, did you vote for that person or not? Have you heard that? Did you go to that protest or that rally? You heard that? Did you read the article with the newest wave of information that's going to prove that everything in the world is just, you know, fake and nobody can be trusted? And why do we do this? Because we want to be strengthened by our understanding, our ritual, our tradition, instead of grace, which is found in Jesus. Mm. And the writer, of he, the writer encourages the church to look to Jesus and not our rituals, systems, or traditions for certainty. So Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is the second theological truth that the unshakable kingdom is built upon. And it proves two things. One, that God was faithful in the past, so he'll be faithful in the present. The church is still here. Praise God. He, the, the church has been literally fueled by the truth that Jesus is Lord. So why do we look to other places to try to protect us? When we have the ultimate protection, which is found in Jesus. And and then the second thing is um, rejecting false teaching is important because Jesus is the same going forward. And the details of of this false teaching is not well known, uh, but that actually might be a little bit better for this situation. But again, These are people who look to something outside of Jesus to bring some sort of salvation. And the sad thing is, the writer says it brought no benefit to them anyway. So sometimes we're looking for things to bring salvation outside of Jesus that ultimately won't even bring it. So it's kind of like we shouldn't be doing that. I think that's what the the writer of Hebrews is trying to say here. But it's such a bleak picture of people doing things, sacrificing, doing all these things that are not going to bring about ultimate peace, but that ultimate peace is found in Jesus Christ. And he's our certainty. And so it goes to the endurance part of this, And verse 12 and 13 points out that they, the people, the church had to go outside of the camp and experience suffering the same way Jesus did. And that means that being a part of the unshakable kingdom, you have to go through some suffering. You have to go through some trials. 2020. I'm trying to put all this in context for you so that whenever you celebrate the new year, you don't feel like everything was a waste. Because it wasn't. He set up this holy moment for us to learn and, and figure out that he's the way and not all these other things we've been focused on. 
But if we keep focusing on all those other things, we're going to completely miss this revelation that God has tried to give us through 2020. And so we have to solidify what's our center. What's our center? Is it comfort? Is it success? Is it health? Is it influence? Or is it Jesus? What's the center of the center? And the church has figured that out in the past, is figuring that out right now by the grace of God in the present, and will continue to figure that out even in the future. And it is such a beautiful thing. And then the writer brings everything to a climax with this last foundational truth. And I believe this is the ultimate gauge to find out how we've been living our lives. If we've been living in the unshakable kingdom or if we've been, been believing the lie that we're a part of the kingdom of 2020, the world, America, whatever you want to put in that box. So truth number three, Jesus is our home, so we're secure. Verse 14, for here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, acknowledging his name. And do not neglect to do good and share what you have, for God is pleased with such sacrifice. Verse 14, I think, is probably the verse I've thought about the most this year. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek a city that is to come. Y'all, we've been believing this lie that we're supposed to just build some sort of earthly city here. The city has been built. We ain't got to work and build no city. It's been built. Jesus started it and then finished it. And he's invited us in to just live in what he's already done. In the church, not just Antioch, Fort Worth, but the big C church. That's where the city's been. <laughs> and it, it doesn't discourage us to bring light in the dark places. Don't hear what, I, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm, I'm not saying don't bring light in dark places, but the only light that we can bring in a situation is Jesus. No policy, no president, no ideology, no theory. No, nothing. The only right that we could bring in a situation is Jesus. And we are forward-looking people who've inherited something way better than this earthly fallen world could even give us. Amen. And we have the Holy Spirit that Jesus has graciously given us. Yeah. Yeah. He has given us, if you think about it, the eternal things yeah. are found in Jesus. The only thing that's going to last, we have. Let me say that again. The only thing that will last, we have it. In Jesus. And it is such, it's so, it just, it releases us to be okay in the year called 2020. And the church needs to be an earthly symbol of what the kingdom of heaven is going to be forever. That's my prayer for the church every day, is that we continue to live out what we have been given through Jesus Christ. And so 
Through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise. So through him indicates that we experience all of this through the power and grace of Jesus Christ. Continually indicates perseverance. You're going to need that. People think that 2020 is going to end and then it's just 2021 is going to be all flowers and rainbows and and roses. And you don't know that. (laughs) You don't know. I, I, I read a post that I recently did at the end of 2019, and I was like, man, it's going to be the greatest year in the world. <laughs> Obviously, I was wrong. <laughs> it, it, it's, I, 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 it's okay to understand that we're going to have a little bit of perseverance, but it's good for us. It's good for us. And a sacrifice of praise plays off the group that wants to offer sacrifices, like physical ones, But these are the only sacrifices that God wants for you to acknowledge his name, to keep doing good, and to share what you have. That's what he wants you to do. You ain't got to do no bulls and goats in your backyard. You ain't got to do that. (laughs) Just acknowledging his name, neglecting, or not, don't neglect to do good and share what you have. We can do this, church. We can. And to recap, 2020 has been not the best year in the world, but we're not experiencing, we are not the only ones experiencing a tough year. And we are not the only ones that have ever experienced a tough year. 2020, I mean, Drew Stedman said this, it'll probably be a small paragraph in a book one day. Um, It's kind of sad to think about because... Man, we've been through a craziness in this year, but he's probably right. It probably will be a small little paragraph. But the whole book of Hebrews, if you want to do some longer study, is about a persecuted church. And then what did the writer of Hebrews say to him, which is this. This is what he said. He said, the citizens of the kingdom seek to love each other as the family of God. He said that the citizens of the kingdom seek to show hospitality to each other and the strangers. He said that the citizens of the kingdom seek to remember those who are isolated. He said the citizens of the kingdom seek to be committed to all relationships, even our closest ones. He said the citizens of the kingdom serve their families, community, and strangers. He said the citizens of the kingdom are promised God's faithfulness. He said the citizens of the kingdom are those who look to Jesus alone as their salvation. He said the citizens of the kingdom are known for their endurance of abuse instead of their retaliation. Mm. He said the citizens of the kingdom look to bring heaven down to earth through the church. And he said, the citizens of the kingdom are those who do good, share, and acknowledge the name of Jesus. We have to remember who we are. I preached back in June, I think, or July, one of those two months. It's all a blur, quarantine. Um, Well, I talked about the church in Antioch and how we need to value the difference of people and how we have a lot of family traits. 2021, we're going to have to start living this stuff out. 
everywhere. Because the church, the early church, the church that Dietrich Bonhoeffer was part of, the church that Martin Luther King Jr. had to come out of, those were the churches that stood in the face of a cultural moment and let their light shine, no matter what it took. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, they, they killed him because he wanted to stand up for what's right. We can't, I think, we're, I think we are stepping into a moment where the church has to make a decision. Who are we going to be? Who are we going to be? Are we going to be what God has given us the power to be through the Holy Spirit? Because that's the thing. He has. <laughs> He's graciously gave us the power to do it. All of it. Where is plan A? I know. <laughs> Where is plan A? There's no plan B, no plan C. We're his plan A. So, listen, everyone in this room, everyone worshiping with us at home, this is our identity. This is who we are. This is our family trait, like I said before. And we're going to keep pushing into that in 2021. It doesn't change anything. It really doesn't. It doesn't change anything. Um, but we're going to transition. In the midst of the mess called 2020, we're called to remember that Jesus is our source, certainty, and home. And 1 Corinthians 11.24 shows that we take communion for the purpose of remembering Jesus. And I believe that the most important ministry that we can do right now for our community, for our souls, for our family, and for his kingdom is to remember Jesus. So, will you join me in taking communion as a church to close 2020? As we remember our Lord and Savior and the kingdom that he has blessed us with. So, I'm going to pray over the blood and the juice and the bread. There's no blood in this cup. Just you know. I'm going to pray over the juice and the bread. Um, and then I would like for you, if you feel comfortable, you know, saying a few words to your spouse, your family, even those at home. Um, and then we'll take this and then I'll say a blessing at the end. But Lord, just thank you so much. Thank you as we take this, like, this is, communion is something that has lasted through years, decades, centuries of a, of a holy moment of remembering you. Lord, that was the word you spoke to me before I came on this stage was have people remember me. And Lord, I feel like when we take this communion, 
as a church, as a family, that there will be just a Holy Spirit moment of realizing we are so eternally blessed. We have everything that we need in you, Jesus. There is nothing that people can take away from us that will not make that truth be a reality. Because even if they take our life, Jesus, we're there with you. As my brothers and sisters across the globe in hard places like China and hard places where they have underground churches and that's their burning fire of if I die for the gospel they're just bringing me closer to Jesus I pray Father God that we don't we don't buy into the lie the lie that we need to take control of everything Lord, we see this year as a pruning year to cut off all the dead branches that we had in our life, to humble us if we needed it, to show us what's the most important if we needed to see that, to show us that no matter what happens, you're our Lord King. And as we eat this bread that symbolizes your body and we drink this juice that symbolizes your blood, in the same way that you took this communion before, you had to go do something so hard. You made the sacrifice for us. And we do this as an act of worship and of awe, and of reverence because of who you are and what you've done for us. And you didn't stay dead, Jesus. You came back to life. And your Holy Spirit lives in us that we have the same power that raised Christ from the dead, that lives in us. So I pray as we eat and drink that this year, 2021, 22, all the way up to when you return, and even past that, the church is known by building its foundation on you. And we live out the unshakable kingdom that you have blessed us with. So Lord, we just, we, we eat and we drink in communion with you. Let's do a church.
we thank you so much for the ability, the honor to commune with you. And Lord, we, we don't look for a promised land. We don't look for a kingdom. We are part of a kingdom. And I pray, Father God, that every single person under the sound of my voice in person or at home will go into 2021 with confidence but not confidence that 2021 is just going to be this amazing year, but confidence that no matter what happens, you're our foundation. You're good. You love us. You're kind to us. You've empowered us. And your church can never fall. Your kingdom is unshakable. We thank you, Lord, for bringing us in. And Lord, give us eyes to see those, everyone who needs to hear this more and see our lives unshaken. We thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for everybody who joined us online and joined in person to hear your servant speak your word. I love you, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Go in peace, church. We love you.